Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn and shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As ever, we're kindly sponsored by Virtue BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. If you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. In our studio this week, I'm joined by Chris McDonald, CEO of Materials Processing Institute in Teesside. Down the line from Berlin, an old friend of mine, Jeremy Middleton, entrepreneur, angel investor and the founder of Charitable Escapes from his Newcastle base. Neil Gaunt is joining us from Cambridge. He's a sustainability expert and co-founder of Single Organising Idea and he joins us fresh from his visit to the COP26 summit. Now, in business news, there was some mixed news for the north of England this week. In its Business Activity Index, which measures performance in manufacturing and service sectors, uh, the NatWest showed Northeast is the lowest of any region. Lloyds Bank had as high a few weeks ago, whereas Yorkshire is shown by the NatWest as having the highest confidence of any region. And then COP26 is on and it's about to conclude and it's dominated the news for the last two weeks. The government's net zero ambitions have energy at their heart and this week it has agreed to back a £405 million development to create a fleet of mini reactors to help its net zero carbon targets. And I think it's there we should start because we have a guest joining us from Cambridge, Neil Gaunt, who's been at COP26. Uh, Neil, I want to hear all about that in a moment, but first tell us what single organising idea is. Well, in a nutshell, uh, the single organising idea, the organising idea is sustainability. And what it's about is about putting sustainability at the core of business strategies, where frankly it needs to, where it, where it belongs in the 21st century. So instead of the organising idea making, uh, being about making money, uh, uh, businesses still need to make money, right? But, but basically the organising idea they should be organising around is sustainability. And that's economic sustainability, so there's the finance bit, but it's also about environmental sustainability, social sustainability, and, and the sustainability of people, of humans as well. Okay, we'll, we'll drill down into that in a moment, but you were, at, uh, you were in Glasgow uh, over the last few days. Uh, yep. You obviously picked up some of the mood music. What, what were your feelings about what was going on there and, and the enthusiasm among people who were in Glasgow? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a great question. Um, a bit of a roller coaster because I did an interview while I was up there and I was full of optimism and saying, oh, this is great. I, I think, you know, we're surrounded by other organizations similar to ours, uh, you know, organizations that are interested in accelerating progress, who realize the, 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 the size of the problem, if you like, and actually how critically important it is we get it right. I think when you're surrounded by sort of fellow travelers, people who are on your, you know, on your side, if you like, then, then, then you are very optimistic. Seeing the news in the last couple of days and even in the last couple of hours, you know, that optimism has waned a little bit, uh, I have to be honest. Uh, but, but I am still, I am still very upbeat that we will, we will, you know, that we're going down the right road and that where there was complacency I felt amongst the business community five years ago, six years ago, the Paris Agreement and around the Sustainable Development Goals. Today, I think the the I, the, the kind of minute to uh, to midnight stuff that actually a lot of us have been talking about for years. Uh, but you know, Boris using that little catchphrase very snappy for politicians to be able to do that. I think it has given people a bit of a wake up call. 
Yeah, I, I think whenever I talk to people in business, it is uh, really quite high on the agenda now, the, the ability that uh, business leadership wants to make the case that they're doing their utmost. They don't want to be left out with no answer when it comes to their own carbon footprint and contribution. Now, um, you've got your own opinions. Uh, I know you talked about the speed that you want, the urgency. Uh, what about the generational uh, uh, ability of different employees and different generations to play their part? Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's really central to a lot of what we do. Uh, it's not just about putting sustainability at the core of businesses. It's actually re-organizing uh, these businesses around sustainability and, and 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 basically engaging everybody in that business in that in that identification of that strategy so you know one of the big problems that we have you know is old ideas the status quo the sort of hierarchical nature of businesses that 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 direction comes from the top it's a kind of command and control thing and you know, Generation Z and, and, and the millennial generation, they don't respond to that. And, and these and it is their future. And I think that they want to be involved very much in forming what kind of strategy or what, what the way is forward um, for themselves and for, uh, and for, you know, and for future generations. So the beauty of single organizing idea is it's born out of the solutions are born out of collaboration and bringing in Gen Z and millennials into that helping uh, form strategies for businesses is, is is a new idea, but but it's an idea that's absolutely relevant to our times. And I know you offer consultancy and advice uh, to help organisers, uh, businesses organise themselves. Can, can I just bring Chris uh, McDonald and Jeremy in as well? Uh, Chris, I know that uh, Neil has talked uh, about uh, the idea of sustainability and a sustainable future, but if you are changing your mindset, are you also generating opportunities? And what opportunities have you seen generated by this new agenda in our part of the world, the north of England? Yeah, so I think you're right, Graham. There are some great opportunities, and it's really good to hear Neil talk about this. And the opportunities, as we heard this week from uh, Rolls-Royce, they're small modular reactors. It's, it's like a, a factory production line of nuclear power stations will create jobs in places around the UK. But I think one thing we're not talking about is who is going to pay for this. And I think there now needs to be an honest discussion about that as well, because there are some jobs in traditional sectors that will be lost. So we, you, know, you and I can get very enthused about the new technology, and it's right that we do, but we need to then target that investment into areas where jobs will be lost to help people to transition across. So there's this whole concept of how we could create a just transition around the, climate, around the sort of climate change that people will buy into, and then going back to Neil's point about then how you know how you do the right thing for people from from new generations coming through as well that that societal of commitment to climate change is dependent on achieving a, a just transition. Jeremy, you invest a lot of money. Uh, it's fair to say you're a very wealthy angel investor. When you make your investment decisions, are sustainability uh, issues and carbon footprint issues at the heart, or is it just about the return? Well, increasingly, um, it's all about impact, I would say, of which um, sustainability is one part. So we're slowly pivoting our investments uh, so that they are um, more impact driven. Um, so the whole purpose of our business and our investments will be about having a positive impact on society around us. Um, and that's a bit of a shift, but uh, we hold a view um, that uh, sustainability and impact does not have to be at the expense of returns. So I'm here in Birmingham at a Berlin. Uh, at, at a 
conference called the Super Return International Conference in Berlin, even. <laughs> Berlin, correct, yes, I'm, I'm fond of mixing that up. Um, and uh, uh, you, you, it's pretty clear what the interest of all the um, private equity and venture capital people is in the name of the conference. But one of the key topics here is sustainability and corporate responsibility. And certainly of all the discussions I've been having, there's a growing consensus that it doesn't have to be at the expense of uh, investment returns. And I think that's pretty important because if people can get the same economic returns, um, then they will choose to make positive impact investments. And where the money goes is where we'll get the investment in technology and development that's going to make some of the biggest differences. So Neil, you've just heard that uh, somebody who uh, is a capitalist investor in a Western democracy who's buying into the agenda of investing in sustainability. Uh, presumably you've won a lot of arguments if that's happening. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's music to my ears and actually I've known it and it's been happening for quite a while. Um, it, Jeremy, it's great, it's great what you're saying. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you 100%. Sustainability is the key actually to future investment. A couple of years ago, actually in Canada, I was talking to people that called themselves impact investors. Last year, I was talking to a group of investors that just called themselves investors. They got rid of the impact bit. And the reason why is they, is they say, and they're very right, why would you invest in any business so that's not sustainable, right? Mm. If it's not economically sustainable, you're not going to invest in it. So we're not talking about day traders here. We're talking about people who are investing pension money, right? You need to know that those businesses are going to be around for a long time and that they're going to thrive. So it's not just about growing, spurts of growth, you know, 20% a year, that kind of thing. It's actually about these businesses surviving long into the future and thriving. So continuing to be able to employ people, continuing to be able to um, deliver, you know, uh, the, the products and services that people want, which are increasingly sustainable, right? That actually don't do any harm to the planet. Okay. And those businesses that harness that kind of mentality will harness the kind of investment that, that Jeremy is making. And that's why sustainability is a sure bet for the future. And that's why we've invested what, uh, you know, our, our money, our own money into, into technology that proves whether a business is or isn't sustainable uh, in almost in real time. Okay, we'll come to that. Uh, to, to other, I know that you're talking about uh, uh, assessment technology. We'll come to some technology on deliveries in a minute. I want to hear mm -hmm. what Chris has because he he's got a lot of expertise in particularly what we're doing in heavy industry in the north. But before I get to that, you also you're not not just a, you're not just an idealist. You also have a bit of an edge to you, uh, uh, Neil, don't you? Because you advocate a global carbon tax. Tell us, because taxes can be penal as well. They can be the stick rather than the carrot. Why do you advocate a carbon tax and how would it work? So I, I, I do, and I think the time has come. I mean, you know, um, John Elkinson, a well-known sustainability expert, you know, five years ago was saying that the planet's in the emergency ward, and, and it absolutely is. We are well, How would a tax help? No, no, no well, we, know the, we know the problems. When has a tax ever solved a problem? Uh, well, I think, you know, more than anything, it's about leadership from governments. More than anything. Yeah, but you want a tax, How would a tax solve a problem? Anything that the government taxes, the government doesn't want to see diminished. They've taxed alcohol, they've taxed wage packets, they've taxed petrol, yet they want sure. the money to come in from a tax. Why would a tax solve it? 
I, you know, the, I th that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm not saying that the actual money itself solves the problem. I think it's more about leadership, right? I think that for, for the way that I look at it is if businesses actually are, are in the unique position of being able to solve a lot of problems that we're facing. Businesses have the money, they have the people, they have the innovation, they have the imagination, they are driven by what happens in the future by definition. Governments, on the other hand, are elected in the Western world every four or five years. It's based on being populist. So, so you they want are, a symbolic tax, don't want Neil? To tax anybody. Yeah, so I think the point is, is that when you sort of embed things, like the NHS, for instance, right? The NHS was born out of the Second World War. Mm. I think that things like carbon tax need to be born out of, you know, the kind of war that we're in today. I mean, it is really, really important, and it does need taking incredibly seriously. One last question on this carbon tax idea, because I think, as I say, you do know your stuff. It's not as if I'm picking on you, because you do know your stuff. <laughs> if, 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 if you had a carbon tax you, yeah. globally, because that's what you want, a global carbon tax, wouldn't that be the ultimate regressive tax? Because here in the, 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 the England, in the USA, in Germany, where we've got advanced technology, we'll be able to technically take ourselves out of that tax. But in India, in China, in other developing countries where there is a reliance on carbon, they'll be hit with regressive taxation at the moment they need a break to get to, well, the, to, get to the new technology that decarbonizes. Yeah, I, look, I'm not, I don't have the answer to everything, okay? And, and, uh, and I'm not gonna pretend to, but I think this is the problem about leveling up. So we, we talk about leveling up in this country. Actually, what we need to do is level up globally. Mm. And I don't wanna go into a huge political debate, but you've only gotta look at COVID. You know, we're now having, uh, you know, uh, uh, a third jab here. Yeah, whereas 4% yeah. of Africa is, uh, only 4% of Africa, I think, don't quote me on that, but a very, very low yeah. number of people in Africa have had any jab whatsoever. We have a global system. Unfortunately, we've created these systems and they are really, really unhinging the way that we work as, as a species. And, you know, it, it's critically important that we that we go back and redress some of these things. And, and a lot of it's systematic and, we, and, and it's about and it is about changing systems. And, and unfortunately, we need to get on and do it. And I think that something like a carbon tax shows that the global community, that global leaders are saying, we're going to get on and do it. Well, touche on the, uh, the COVID point. I couldn't agree more. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Chris, just come in on this technology point, because I think it's fair to see to, for our viewers to know where some of this technology is being applied in the Northeast. Hydrogen, for example, on energy. Well, well, you're quite right, Graham, and I think I can draw these two things together, actually. So we can, we can see what the pathway for technology is, and, and actually a lot of people at COP have talked about this. So, for instance, the use of hydrogen in, in heavy industry, such as steel. We saw today Alstom announcing that they've had an order for 10 uh, train sets for hydrogen trains for the UK as well. Um, and I'm confident we'll also see hydrogen used in, in domestic as well. And, and whilst, you know, Neil, I sort of... Um, uh, you know, give you sort of commend you for the idealistic position of a global carbon tax. I mean, I, I tend to think about things that may be a bit more easily implementable. And I think what we need alongside this technology are carbon border adjustments. So if the UK is going to make this change and it means we're going to incur more costs in the UK, then I think it's reasonable that we apply carbon taxes to imports to the country that have embedded carbon in them. We can't solve every problem in the world, but we can help ourselves to decarbonise too. And I think you know, Jeremy's point about inv investors helping to make that change, that works, clearly. It's something that Rishi Sunak is, is banking on. We heard Mark Carney this week as well announced a mm. $1 trillion fund. But, you know, I, I learned a surprising statistic this week. 
most people work in small businesses and 40% of small businesses don't borrow any money. Yeah. So who's going to influence them? I think actually Very interesting. What, what will influence them are their clients. So, so it's a call out to Jeremy. When you're investing in businesses and putting sustainability goals in there, Jeremy, they, they also need to impose those goals on their supply chain at the same time as well. And, and it, because businesses re- respond to customers better than they respond to anybody. So I actually think that's one way we so could very make it interesting. Work. But no, I'm going to give you, we must move on to the last subject, Jeremy, which is all about your charity. But let's give you the last word on this point. Um, well, it's very interesting. Um, uh, I tend to think that the best way, place to focus is on incentives for investment, um, which I think will attract the money. And I'd always find things happen when they follow the money. So I'm rather more attracted to that than uh, the, the tax, the carbon tax, which I think could be uh, extremely difficult and might have some unintended consequences. All right, well, but um, you know that's perhaps for another time. I was very interested to hear Neil's explanation of it because we don't hear it very often debated in the media. So it's good to hear it on this platform. Uh, Jeremy, let's just change the subject completely to round us up. Um, you've been involved in a, a business that uh, doesn't make any money and it's just purely to raise money. It's charity escapes, and last year you pioneered a new northern raffle. Tell us about how it went last year and this year's initiative. Um, it went very well last year. Um, it's uh, incentivized giving. Um, we're saying to companies that uh, you may be thinking about giving money to charity this Christmas. We hope you are. It's, uh, and if you join with the great Christmas raffle, it's a great way to give that money. Um, and in return, we will enter your staff into the raffle to win a new mini, a new mini donated by Vertu Motors. That's great. Uh, well, that's a, our sponsor, by the way. There we go. Yep. We're wrapping it all together today. <laughs> Brand new yes, minute. So it happens about that way. And our 100% of, of money that's uh, received via corporate donations does go to charity. And any company that's thinking of giving money, you can select any of our participating charities or ask the donation to go to your nominated charity of the year. So all options are available. It adds a bit of excitement and incentive to giving. And it's really saying to businesses, hey, look, around this time when you might throw a Christmas party, why not make a donation to, uh, uh, to local charities, to your favourite charity, and uh, we'll enter you into this raffle to win a great prize. Well, Adds a bit of excitement. I- incentivise giving. I tell you what, Jeremy, at recognition, we are going to have our Christmas party because we didn't have one last year, but I will donate what I might have spent on Christmas cards. That's fantastic. That's an extremely good idea. Uh, I think, how much are the tickets? not send Christmas cards. How much are the tickets? Through all of that effort, just make a donation to charities. But uh, anybody who is interested, please just uh, contact me. Uh, just email me on jeremy at charityescapes.com. I should get that plug in. Okay, and so how much are the tickets, Jeremy? Um, it's £5 a ticket, but frankly, it's as many uh, tickets as you want to take uh, times £5. So well, I'll look at how much we spent on Christmas cards and we'll buy that number and, and we'll work it out that way. So it's jeremy at charityescapes.co.uk. If you want to, dot com. oh, dot com. I, I beg to, your pardon. We'll put it. We'll put it on well. the, the screen on the repeat. Jeremy at charityescapes.com and uh, do buy these raffle tickets. You might win a mini, or a member of staff might win a mini, and uh, it will raise money for good causes in the northeast. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. Neil, it was great having you on. Thank you very much indeed. We'll have you back, I hope. Uh, and thank you for joining us in the studio, Chris. That's it for business unmuted. Next week's edition will be recorded at the. 
Entrepreneurs Forum annual conference where we'll also be talking about COP26 but about specific areas uh, where we have two people who've been uh, uh, to the conference and two are in specific areas uh, where there'll be regulation on uh, carbon. Thank you for joining us. Catch you next week.